This is a Soulfire production. Hey, hey, welcome back to Get Psyched. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I am sitting down with Sam Dancer. I know that there's this quote out there that's like, never meet your heroes, right? False. I have followed Sam's CrossFit career since I started in the sport of CrossFit in about 2013. Um, So not an OG by any means, but have been following him for a while and was so excited to sit down and have this conversation with him and also so nervous, right? You're meeting a hero. You're meeting somebody that you have idolized. And what if they're human? Well, plot twist or maybe less of a plot twist and more of like a spoiler alert Sam's a human, and he's a fucking wicked one, you guys. Sam and I jump into way more than fitness, way more than functional nutrition and health, and we talk about self-induced psychedelic experiences. We start about what it's like to start spirituality. Where do you start? Where do you turn? Where do you go? Who do you talk to? Who do you trust? How do you trust yourself? What questions do you start asking? And this conversation just had me laughing. It had me thinking, and it left me ready for more knowledge. So if this episode does nothing at all except spark the very beginnings of your journey into further critical thinking or exploring spirituality or anything in between, I am so stoked. Also, if you get the chance, head over to Apple iTunes and give the show a five-star rating and review. It helps guests like Sam get on the show. It helps the show gain exposure and it just, you know, boosts my ego and makes me feel good to hear y'all's voices and ratings and reviews come in. I read every single one. They absolutely warm my heart. Most of them make me laugh a little bit. So extra points if you can be witty or sarcastic in those ratings. While you're over there giving the show a rating, be sure to check out my girl over at Crying Behind Sunglasses. This show is getting rid of the stigma behind mental health. It is making mental health approachable and digestible and making all of us feel a little less alone as we kind of stumble through this thing called life. So go on over, check out Crying Behind Sunglasses, leave my show a review, her show a review, spread the love all around and enjoy this conversation with Sam Dancer. She's made me who I am today, so I, I have to give pretty much all credit to her. She's, she's made me a man. Yeah. How long ago did the two of you guys meet and find each other? About eight years ago. Okay. It went quick. Yeah, we, uh, I told her I wanted to marry her after the second day we met. And how'd you meet her? Um, it was kind of random. She was living in Sweden, playing professional soccer. She rarely came home uh, just because soccer, you just like go from one season to the next and there's not really a lot of time off. So she was home for like a week and um, was looking for somewhere to work out. And a friend, a mutual friend, put her in contact with me and said that I would be the right guy to keep her in shape for soccer and 
the moment I met her and I knew she was going to be my wife. And um, it was, although it was very professional and there was nothing intimate happening, it's just like, like as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh my gosh, there's, there's a backstory to this that I had a really, really, really radical experience um, like two weeks before I met her. And um, it, was, it was a very like psychedelic experience. And I'll go ahead and just kind of loosely tell it. I, there's it no taboo topic. You are totally so, welcome to go yeah. there. It's one of the realest things that's ever happened to me. But when I talk about it, it sounds like a, it just sounds impossible. And so this one day I was running and I was also, at the time, this is pretty ignorant of me to do, but I was doing a really big fast, um, like a multiple day fast. And I think the, the fasting plus the intense exercise triggered this experience. And I was running and I got what felt like thrown to the ground. Like it felt like somebody pushed me. And when I fell to the ground, I came to, to, I didn't hit my head or anything. I just like dropped to my knees and my hands. And um, when I like kind of looked up and around, I was in a white bubble. I couldn't see any trees. I couldn't see any buildings. couldn't see the sidewalk, the road. I was encapsulated in this white bubble that seemed to just stretch out for all eternity. And then it felt like somebody had like kind of was holding me down and it was a little scary, but at the same time I was very like comforted. And um, this is where it starts to get really weird. I, my jaw got like pulled open and I was like this. And I felt like I could barely breathe. And like a rainbow light started pouring out of my mouth. And I could see like my body was like transparent and I could see the light penetrating through my whole body. And then I started getting these visions, like crazy visions that were all like in the future. And it was happening so fast. I only had like, I could only remember like snapshots of it, just like you would with like a movie or a book, right? You don't, you don't remember every single sentence you read of a book and you don't remember every single scene you watched in a movie, but you have little like snapshots that you kind of remember. And I remembered some of these snapshots and, and was kind of getting a message. I shouldn't even say kind of, I was getting a message and it was as clear as you and I are talking right now. Uh, there was no audible voice. It was just like it's more uh, telepathic, if you will. And um, I was being instructed on what I needed to do over like the, the course of the next couple weeks. Um, and there were some big life changes that were being requested of me. Uh, very uncomfortable ones too. Um, ones that I wasn't very fond of or uh, excited about by any means. And, uh, but the experience I had was so profound and it was the realest thing I'd ever experienced in my life that I felt uh, obligated to follow through on it. And one of those um, requests was to marry a woman. But I wasn't 
necessarily shown the woman, but I was told I would be shown and it would be, I would know. And I remembered like, I didn't, never saw her, but I remembered some snapshots of what led up to that moment. It was literally like a, a road had been, been laid down for me and all I had to do was walk on it. And uh, I just kind of followed that road and some pretty wild things happened over the next couple of weeks. And um, Jenny happened to be one of those things that, that was pretty crazy. And I told her, <laughs> I told her the day after I, well, I don't know if it was the day after exactly when it was, but I told her that <laughs> I had been instructed to marry her. So, <laughs> She's like sick pickup line, dude. <laughs> yeah, she was like a little taken back by that. And uh, it took her a couple weeks to kind of um, take me seriously. And um, she moved back to Sweden about five days after we met. We stayed in touch on the phone, and when she moved back to the states, we got married pretty much immediately. Wow! So, there. How long had, was she in Sweden? It was like this five-day met each other post psychedelic experience. Yeah. How long was she in Sweden when you guys did five? Five months, I think. Okay. Yeah, quite a while. It was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was crazy. I. I'm I'm not great on talking on the phone and like a long distance relationship with someone in another country is crazy to me and 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 it just it was so wild but I just I followed through on it all and and I'm glad I'm glad we both did because it's a dream come true. That's amazing. What were some of the other kind of hard life choices that this experience threw at you? Yeah, great question. Um, this one was very specific. Um, I was instructed to go to, there was a gentleman that I went to school with. His name was David Beaver. Great name. <laughs> and he lives in Denver, Colorado. And uh, this gentleman asked me to go to church with him every single Sunday for five years in college. And I said, no, every single time. Um, and he was the gentleman that, and it was full name and everything. It was, you need to go to David Beaver and you need to get baptized. And David baptized me in this cold uh, ass glacier runoff lake. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no, wasn't really a spiritual guy or a religious guy. I didn't grow up in like a, you know, a religious household by any means. Um, we've never discussed God or anything like that. Uh, so this was, that's you know, why it was such a huge leap for me because it was nothing that I had ever been interested in or maybe even considered and uh it was very very direct and so I, I literally i booked a flight like the next day and i flew out and showed up on david's doorstep i don't even think i i don't even know if i let him know i think i just showed up and uh i was like dude you're supposed to baptize me and <laughs> he, he started crying and 
pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I where did this because I don't want to call it a blind trust because I think anyone that's experienced any sort of psychedelic experience knows that there's some like true knowing or like a true yeah. being seen when you're in that experience. But either A, had you had an experience before that kind of led you up to be ready to experience something like this? Or what was the motivating factor behind following this, this voice and these yeah, instructions? That's a great question. Uh, no. Uh, I don't think, well, I can think of maybe one or two times, maybe a couple more that I had had a uh, self-induced psychedelic experience before that, um, but all recreationally. So they were never really, I never had any uh, big like breakthroughs or anything. Um, so those didn't necessarily, uh, support me in the blind trust it was it was more or less just the experience itself because it was so wild you know to have a rainbow light rod pouring out of my mouth and to have somebody that I couldn't see hitting me to the ground basically um and then literally watching my life play out in the future I was like I've never experienced like that so i i whatever that was and again like i said it was kind of it was kind of scary right and i was a little maybe intimidated by it to the point where i was like i i don't want to know what would happen if i didn't uh. follow through with it like i don't know i don't want to know what the reaper like if if that loving fearful force could do that to me i i don't want to know what it could do to me if i wasn't obedient to the request so um yeah i, I followed through wow that's so cool and it's the i think anyone who's ever had any sort of psychedelic experience i remember my first psychedelic experience was um i went to a breathwork class which I thought we were going to like sit on a floor pillow and learn how to belly breathe or something. And it quickly turned into Kundalini yoga. And I was like reliving past traumas. I remember like wavering on this edge of like having to make the conscious decision of like, am I going to go there? Cause the breath is so interesting. It's like, I'm in total control of this. I could just return my breath back to, it's normal cadence and this would all go away. And so I think that I would, first off, I was shocked that the breath could even do such a thing. And second was super shocked that I had the capacity to continue to push into an experience that felt really scary. Yeah. I, uh, I actually, I too had a, again, another kind of self-induced um, psychedelic experience in an airport. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start just doing some breath work and and trying to meditate. See how that goes. I was traveling a ton and I had a lot of downtime in airports and I was blasted out into the universe and like traveling through galaxies and and yeah, it is pretty remarkable that we have that uh, ability. And I'm glad you brought up 
kundalini yoga i'm the kundalini um rising or kundalini experience is the only thing that i've been able to find that um can explain what i experience um and i i yeah so that's pretty cool yeah i i I spent the last pre-pandemic i spent the last 10 years in santa cruz and i came from a very conservative believe it or not there are conservative towns in california um but came from a very conservative town in california and felt like i was transplanted into arguably one of the most liberal towns, which I loved. I had this moment of like, oh my gosh, people think like me, like I'm not broken. Um, And I loved all the resources that were around, like things that people might say are like woo woo or hippie or witch doctor is just kind of like a Tuesday in Santa Cruz. (laughs) Um, And so I, like I said, I loved having access to all of those resources. And you were saying that you didn't grow up super spiritual. Um, was it this experience that kind of launched you into all of the different things yeah. that are at your disposal? Yeah, 100%. There, I did have, had an outer body experience when I was younger uh, that definitely kind of lingered in my mind. It got me maybe questioning some things. And, but it, it, it happened when I was, I was 16 maybe. Um, and I, I kind of blew it off, but I got hit by a jet ski and like immediately upon impact, I, my, like my consciousness got ejected from my body, felt like maybe 150 feet above the incident. And literally from that high up, I watched the whole thing play out. Like I watched my body flying through the air. I watched my friends come and swim over to me. I watched people from houses on the shore yelling if I was okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I exist outside of my body. And that kind of just laid dormant for a while. I never really thought about it too much. I was just happy to be alive. Um, and I think with that experience and then, and then this, I, then it really, really got me questioning a lot about the nature of reality and it intrigued me quite a bit and so since then I've I've been on a pretty um I don't even know what the word would be but I've become quite studious and been very curious about just philosophy and theology and and trying to just get a a better understanding of what the hell is going on we don't know. Let's get rid. We have no idea. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't. There's a. Uh, I. If you're into any of this stuff, I actually did an interview with a guy named Ryan Mint. Um, his Instagram is Mint M I N T Z Flow F L O W, and um, he talks about some pretty heavy stuff, and and uh, and he's he knows a lot whether it's real or not he knows a lot and even still he is baffled by the mystery of of all of it and he and he seems to know some just mind-boggling things 
So I, I highly encourage you to check out his stuff. Um, at the very least, it'll just help provoke some thought and that'll be fun for you. Yeah, that was my whole reason behind this podcast was because, like I said, growing up in a really small town, I didn't even know. You don't know until you know, until you're exposed to it, until you even get this, you know, whether you have an experience or a conversation or something as little as bumping into somebody that sees the world differently than you. And in that split second, you could put your ego aside and just get curious if what they were saying could be true. And so the whole point behind the show is just to get listeners to have the conversations or do the work. I use that in quotes because I think that it's tough to do these days, right? Everyone gets so triggered by, uh, by the conversation that people are uh, wanting to have or, or whatever someone else's beliefs are. And so I, I, honor you for doing that it's it's a tough time these days to 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 be able to to host something like that uh it can be a pretty tumultuous place uh, to speak any anything that maybe differs from a cultural norm or um or just whatever the kind of standard narrative is so nice work i appreciate you Thank that, you. Putting and, and, and maybe hopefully inspiring people to, to have some weird discussions. Absolutely. I mean, weird discussions are my favorite. That might be the second reason this show exists. <laughs> um, but thank you. I really appreciate that. We had talked about it a little bit before I hit record. Um, that the, what I've been getting a lot, especially because post-pandemic, I moved back to my hometown. Um, which has been a very different experience. I left at 18 and I'm back now at almost 30. And to be in the same town, the same environment and be such a different human is such a bizarre experience. And what I've been getting a lot when I run into people, whether it's from elementary school or high school, they're like, wow, you've changed. And at first I was so kind of like distraught, like, what? no, no, like I'm loyal or I'm all these things. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, well, fuck, like, I hope so. The last time you saw me, I was the tiny Grom. Like (laughs) I would hope that I was different now than that long ago. Yeah, me too. I, I, um, and I, I travel a lot and, um, I'm, I'm from Quincy, Illinois small town in the Midwest and I'll travel and go have some other cultural experience and kind of have my perspective shifted a little bit and I'll come back a different person. And I remember the first couple of times because I went from never traveling to traveling very frequently. I remember coming back and one of my coaches said, you changed. And I, I had a very similar reaction. I was like, me I'm it's still me and uh but I had had changed and and I then I adopted that mindset that you suggested as well I hope so I hope I hope you've changed yeah I think that you know I say all the time like I reserve the right to change my mind whenever I want (laughs) 
you know, whether that's, I got, I had a new experience, I got exposed to new information. Like, I think that so many of us and myself included, it, it definitely took a really long time and a lot of journaling and a lot of other practices to come to this conclusion, but we get so wrapped in like the way we do things or the way things should be done or the conversations that should be had. And when people tell us, or when, when we have contradicting views with somebody, we can't just take it as like that surface level is like, you see something differently than I see. It's like, my ego is so wrapped into it that on some subconscious level, you're telling me that like my value is wrong or my authenticity is wrong because I've wrapped it so into this little like nugget of being. And so I think that it's been a really like, whether you call it a spiritual practice or not being able to say like, I was wrong or I changed my mind and being willing to say, I mean, when I moved to Santa Cruz, I moved to go to college. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. So the thought of like being wrong was never an option. And the world has become so much more fun when I can be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. turns out I was super wrong about that. Good for you. That's great to hear. Thank you. What if people were to want to start down this path? I know that you said that you kind of dove in. And after this experience, adopted a lot of different practices, started doing the work, started reading the books. Where did you start? I, well, first of all, that experience that I had, that, and it was so, it was so clear, so clear, and go get baptized. And it required of me to marry a woman. And literally, and it said, it said, I, and it was very specific. I need you to marry this woman and you need to chase after me. And so my, my journey has been trying to figure out who that was, who was the me that was talking to I and, uh, and requesting of me to follow through on these, um, uh, yeah, this baptism or this marriage that was supposed to be centered around the, the me that was, uh, putting me through this experience and since it requested of me to go get baptized specifically by name David Beaver who was uh, who'd been a Christian uh, by his choice I felt pretty and, and like it was my my duty to kind of use David as my uh, shepherd if you will and both I dove pretty heavily into um, Christian theology, and I would say that's definitely been the foundation of a lot of my study and research. Um, but being a very skeptical person, and and I question, um, I spent I spent a lot of time getting to know other people of of other faiths and religions, and and studying studying them as well and and um yeah so i the question was i guess what where where would where would i direct somebody uh in regard yeah, kind of where to, to start gosh and that's that's kind of a tough question i i would just go in with the mindset to uh to question everything and and thus study everything and 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 kind of 
you can it's i think the thing that people mess up the most when it comes to spirituality if you will or their relationship with god is that they forget that it is a personal relationship and the relationship that i have say with my wife which is a personal relationship is different than the relationship she has with her mother but it's still a personal relationship but it's completely different so i can't base my relationship with her off of her relationship with her mother and the same goes for anyone else with any other belief or any other relationship that they have with their higher power is that it is a very intimate and personal relationship to you and to you only um so i think the biggest mistake that a lot of us make is we look at other people's relationships that they have with this said higher power or their uh, spiritual practices and we a lot of times are turned off because we're like you're a hypocrite um so i think the worst thing that you can do is try to adopt other people's um relationship that they have with their creator with the creator and uh and to just make it your own and and i've really enjoyed i get again i'm from the midwest with full on bible belt so i get a lot of backlash for this and most christians would consider pretty much every other religion demonic and i don't necessarily with all of it there's there's definitely some things that make me kind of raise my eyebrow from time to time and i have to kind of use my discerning muscles to to figure out whether or not i want to make that my truth or my reality or part of my beliefs but um i've really enjoyed studying like taoism i've really enjoyed uh studying buddhism and taoism honestly has given I I love kind of the plus and minus nature of it and it's it's all about kind of finding this this middle balanced area and there's this yin and then there's this yang and if you have too much yin you need a little bit more yang and that goes to it covers a lot of things it covers um your nutritional practice and and what you're putting in your mouth it covers sexual stuff it, it covers it covers a lot so i i personally i really enjoyed that uh from a theological perspective and and maybe kind of gaining some insight as to again the nature of our reality but um as i sit here right now i'm and it it kind of goes back to again my original experience i'm i'm pretty and i'm i'm such a novice still even though it's it's been the base of my studies i'm i'm pretty heavily influenced by christian theology and um and mythology uh right now and and over the course of the the past 8 years so i think the bible is a 
a beautiful piece of literature and it's very, very rich and it's got a lot of depth and, and it can be very, and that's where I like to tell people maybe like to check out some, some Taoist stuff because it's a, a little easier in my opinion to digest. And I think once you start to get a, a hold of, of some of these teachings, you're, you're able to uh, recognize it and, and maybe some, some of the Gospels or something like that. So I would just suggest just pick up some books, start reading. Um, I, I, that's all I've been doing. I just I keep grabbing books. I keep meeting new people. Um, I, I, I sit down with my Muslim friends and we talk theology over coffee and we don't judge each other we don't tell each other that we're right or wrong we just talk and i would also recommend that go go have conversations with people that love you unconditionally and can are are capable of holding their own space so that they're not um projecting any of their bullshit onto you and just start having discussions and start and start fostering your own personal relationship with yourself and your beliefs and your God or whatever it may be. So that would kind of be my long winded answer to your question is just start, start grabbing some theology books, start grabbing some philosophy books and start using your brain to, Come up with thoughts and and start exploring them and and believe in something and and put your beliefs to the test and find out where they fall short and then if they do or when they do start to go to work on what kind of the next uh, phase of your uh, beliefs look like and um, and it is a journey. And it is personal to you, and don't don't worry about people telling you that you're wrong or you're going to hell or any of this stuff. Just like you're exactly where you need to be right now in this moment. And if it wasn't that case, then you'd be somewhere else. So just just enjoy the journey. And if you're interested in this stuff, just pick up a book. I don't care if it is the Bible. I don't care if it is, you know, some some philosophy book. You just you got to start thinking and 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 just yeah. You just you got to start thinking and you got and you got to know. I think it's really important too to to know what your beliefs are. And a, a lot of times people have these very, um, they're kind of indoctrinated beliefs. They're just things that people, dogmatic beliefs, things that people have told them, but they've never, they've never gone to, they've never checked it out. It'd be like if there was a box over in the corner and someone said, hey, there's a, there's a birthday cake in that box. And you're just like, okay, I believe you. And the box just always sat there and it was always closed and you never went and looked inside of it. And I'm encouraging you to go 
open the box up and go see if there's even the cake in there. And maybe there's something else in there. Maybe there's a key in there. Maybe there's a prime rib roast. I don't know. Just go <laughs> look in the box. And the box is your belief. Go to work on your beliefs. Find out where they fall short. And don't just take people's word for it. I think the worst thing that we can do is trust other human beings uh, telling us what we need uh, what we need to believe. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And if you don't believe in that, then you're going to hell. I just, I, I can't. I, I just, I encourage you to just go to work and do not listen to me. Do not listen to anyone else and just take it with a grain of salt and just and use it to help to start thinking and just coming up with what 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 do you want to believe in and i like you were saying we don't have we don't know shit (laughs) (laughs) we like we're talking about what is the nature of our reality and we don't we don't know even i said that ryan mintz guy that he's probably the most educated guy i've met when it comes to um all the stuff that we've talking about, and even he still will, will sit here and tell you that he is um, he's blown away by the mystery of it all. And, 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 but that's what, that's the best part is the mystery of it all. Because that's what keeps you moving through it all and, and inching forward and, and, and figuring out more and more and more. And um, I, I, do believe that we will be doing that eternally and we will be continuing to learn for a very, very, very long time. And so I would just encourage people to start picking up books and if you, I don't, and I don't want to discourage people from, from, I already mentioned that, you know, sit down with other people and and talk with them. Just kind of sometimes you got to be careful with that. Just make sure that that person truly loves you unconditionally and is meeting you where you're at. They're not trying to force you into anything. That they're just having an open discussion with you. So people can be a little tricky when it comes to talking about beliefs and stuff, which is why I would just more recommend that you start grabbing some books or watching some YouTube videos and 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 just let that kind of lead you from one thing to the next and 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 yeah so hopefully that's a a reasonable answer to your question yes i think that is more than a place to start i think that that's an ongoing quest and i love it what is you're saying pick up books pick up books what's the book that you've currently got your hands on right now just gave me the chills um i'm glad well right now i'm reading uh i'm doing a lot of c.s lewis stuff which has been messing me up (laughs) big time. Oh my gosh. Uh, The screw tape letters specifically. And right now I'm in mere Christianity. Um, But I'm really glad that you asked that question because I have books that I, I would typically recommend to somebody who's interested in, in stuff like this, but there's a book called anatomy of spirit, uh, which is, I love it. It's phenomenal. Um, the uh, Caroline Mist, I believe, is uh, is her name. And if you're not a big book 
person, she actually has a, a one-hour YouTube video called something along the lines of toxic thoughts. She's basically like the Judge Judy of spirituality. Um, <laughs> That's the best like, analogy. Dude, she's cool. She's just like this give it to you straight. And, um, but if you were to type in Caroline Myth toxic thoughts on YouTube, you would come up with this hour-long segment, which is a pretty good um, summary of her, her, her book. Uh, and if that intrigues you, go get Anatomy of Spirit. Um, that's definitely like my number one go-to suggestion for people. Um, and just because I'm reading it right now, the screw tape letters is so cool and, and so much fun. Um, what else? I know I got some other books that I really, really have enjoyed. Um, this is a little off topic uh in regards to the the spiritual nature of our conversation but there's a a book called how to eat move and be healthy by paul check and i think that is a great kind of i think getting healthy is a really your physical health is a really important part to uh your spiritual health and wellness and and even having the faculties to um, to expand on that type of thought and and such. So I, although it's not a, like a you know a spiritual text by any means, I think that's a really great book for people who are interested in some of this stuff to help clean the body up to where they can even uh, receive some of this information a little bit more clear. So I think if like, you know, if you're, if you're struggling physically, you're going to have a tough time, I think, digesting some of this material. Um, it's just going to be overridden by your anxiety or your depression or your, uh, your bad back or your, your leaky gut. And, and that's just, so I think kind of handling your, your physical health is a great, foundation to expanding on your um your theology or your beliefs or whatnot so yeah um anatomy of spirit how to eat move and be healthy and i got one more that's on like the tip of my tongue um if i think of it i will i will let you know but anatomy of spirit is a really really great place to start because it's it's not it brings a lot of different religions and beliefs into it. And so it, it allows you to, I think, um, not be so triggered by anything. Um, and you're able to kind of make it through the book without getting upset or, you know, someone telling you that you're wrong or you know, if you don't believe in this, you're going to hell type thing. So, that's my that's my probably number one suggestion. Baby. Yeah, and I love what you said about getting you know the physical body even ready to digest this too, because I think that that is such. On my last the show that came out last week, um, my guest talked about the depletion repletion scale, 
And it's basically this 20 point scale that goes from positive 10 to zero to negative 10. And at zero, right, like that midline, like you're still a pretty fragile being because it doesn't take much to dip into something negative. It also doesn't take much to go into something a little bit more positive. But if I'm not eating right, if I'm not sleeping well, if I'm not hydrated, if I'm stressed out, all these different things, I'm not even in a, a place or have the capacity to digest some of the things that these books can bring up. Um, and one of the things I really loved about being exposed to Paul Check's work was years and years and years ago, I heard him say, um, working out as a way of working in, which was such a new concept to me, having been an athlete my entire life and then being in the CrossFit space for as long as I was and hearing, you know, kind of the Navy SEAL, like, sweat is weakness, leaving the body, right? I, for so long, turned that part of my brain off that was like, this hurts, or this doesn't feel right, or I need something from you. It was like, nope, I'll like ice it, I'll take an ibuprofen and tape it for tomorrow's competition. And I think that shifting my perspective to this moment where like I get to have an hour, hour and a half, two hours, however long your workout is like a very intimate date with my body Mm. and check in with it and breathe with it and move with it. And now if something doesn't feel right, tending to it instead of kind of like thinking that it's some weakness leaving my body. So being the athlete, the stud athlete that you have been, how have you kind of integrated that same, I can see you nodding as I was talking about it, that same sort of practice. I love it. It's a great, great question. And it's, it's, my whole journey into anything spiritual or religious has all been a byproduct of me pursuing performance. Um, and so, ah, I love this. It's, and so it's my belief that I hold that through working on myself physically, it's opened up all these doors. And with that performance mindset, I, it's not just part of that is wellness. Like if I'm, if I'm not well, then I'm not going to be able to perform. So, um, uh, and, and there's been, this is a good point to kind of bring up, just because you're, uh, you're able to do fit things doesn't necessarily mean that you're well, right? So I, I know plenty of people, I've been one of them, the best I've ever looked in my life, shredded, like veins through my abs and like the leanest I've ever looked was the thickest I've ever been so just because and i could do some pretty remarkable things too so just because you look fit and you can do fit things doesn't necessarily mean that you're well so when i think performance for me it's a little bit more encompassing than just fitness uh for me it includes wellness and to to be able to truly perform at an optimized level you need to have that and literally every aha moment, every awakening that I've had, every level up that I've, I've um, achieved spiritually has been through the pursuit of that. 
that wellness performance piece. And so I just, I, I couldn't recommend that enough just as we were kind of segueing off of that for people to, you mentioned these things, water, drink some water, like drinking clean, filtered, mineralized water, eating frequently to regulate your, your blood sugar and to heal your metabolism, uh, sleeping well through the night. And, and sometimes that might mean I love the whoop strap that it, I don't wear it all the time. Um, but that was really eye opening to me and, and the whoop, no shit have helped me with my, my, my spiritual life. And it, it just, it, it woke me up to things that I was doing to my body that weren't allowing me to recover at the rate that I could. And, and yeah, so I would see these, maybe it would be an argument with my wife and I would see that uh, we're quite competitive. So our arguments tend to uh, be quite competitive and, and, and be sometimes a little exhausting. And um, I would see watching TV late at night or drinking too much coffee or whatever. Uh, it, that whoop strap got me off pharmaceuticals. I used to take Vicodin and Ambien and Adderall and all these things. And I was seeing how they were, they were hurting me with my recovery. And when I started removing these things that were hurting me, hurting my recovery because I was so focused on performance, I started having major breakthroughs with my, yeah, I guess, yeah, my spiritual life and um, like awakening moments. It was just, I, we could just talk on that the whole time. And um, so kind of forget the question, but I, I just, I couldn't recommend just the focus on the physical body, getting that and, and, and don't just settle for that zero point, right? on your scale of that 20 point scale and the zero being in the middle, um, like get deep into the, the positive and, and, and just focus fully on your, your physical wellness and get it really, really, really well. And I think when you do that, things will naturally start to reveal themselves to you uh, because you're, I think you're going to be equipped what you uh what's necessary for you to be able to have those types of spiritual experiences and i could be completely wrong too i'm not trying to say that you can't have a spiritual experience to be sick or something like that I'm, that's not what i'm trying to say i just think that when you do heal the body it definitely uh, it, it again it equips you uh with the necessary tools to maybe be able to more frequently and more coherently be able to um, receive this type of intuition or information uh, that we would label as um, something spiritual. So, yeah. It's so huge. And I mean, anything that I've learned with my training in counseling psychology is all about like I love leaning into the somatic side. So my therapy clients, I'll be sitting in session with them and they're ready to like see someone come in in like a lab coat and like a clipboard and start talking to them about their depression. I'm like, do you want to do this outside? Do you want to go for a walk? 
you want to get up and yeah. dance for a second? When was the last time you moved their body? And they kind of look at me like, <laughs> my therapist is a psychopath. And then they start moving. And then because they moved, they're turning off the TV earlier at night because they're tired. And then they were thirsty because their body moved more than it was used to. And it just starts this huge, you know, domino effect of people like, like you were saying, getting off of antidepressants, getting off of these things that mask a symptom, don't treat a cause or don't make sustainable change. And so I love exposing listeners to that, that like there are ways, natural, holistic ways to not only reap the benefit that some of these medications are providing, but exceed what they even thought was, you know, possible with, with medication. It's better. It's honestly the, the, gosh, our body is so intelligent. And when we, when we give it, what it needs to thrive it just like your breath work right it's it's incredible that just with your breath you have the capacity to launch yourself into you know some some other dimension or or just in order to be somewhere completely else and your your body is equipped with those tools and you know whether we're talking about serotonin or, or dopamine or melatonin like our body is equipped with these things to and these chemicals to to give us what we're we're looking for pharmaceutically and um and even i i was i was doing a, a podcast with uh, this uh lady named Lauren Cruz. she's uh, very well educated with um just nutrition and, and such. And, and I kept asking her questions about supplements. I was like, Lauren, what, what supplement, what pill do I need to take? And I kept looking for these, these quick little fixes and these, these easy things that I could reach for to improve my wellness. And, and, uh, and pretty much every single time she would, you know, she's not against supplements. And she she suggests them under the right circumstances, but whole food nutrition, like nature, our body is very intelligent. Nature is very intelligent too, and in nature, we don't really find any of these isolated supplements. Like, and nowhere in nature can I go get ten thousand IU's of, of of vitamin D. Nowhere in nature can I go get, a, you know, the same amount of vitamin C that you would get in this little uh, emergency packet or um, nowhere in nature can I, I find the amount of, of zinc in, in an isolated form too. It's always, it's always with an entourage of other, other things and they work uh, synergistically or symbiotically. And um, yeah, so it, our body has all the answers in it. Nature has all the answers in it. And, and I'm not, I'm not totally against like pharmaceuticals. They've like, they've helped, they've helped me at times, but they've, they've also held me down longer than what I needed. Um, and I was just ignorant to a lot of these things. So I didn't really know better. And I was just trusting my doctors and such, but our, our body is more than capable than the 
pharmaceuticals are. Nature is more than more than capable than the pharmaceuticals are, and and I think when we 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 get in touch with nature a little bit more, and we start to have a more holistic approach to how we're nurturing ourselves, uh, we we can get free drugs. Um, Who and, doesn't and love free drugs? You free know? drugs. I love saying free drugs, <laughs> and. Uh, I say it like when I'm working out sometimes, like before we go, I'm like, all right, here we go. Free drugs. Like <laughs> you're going to get a, you're going to get a hit right now. And, and you can get a hit in, in more ways than just exercising. You can get a hit through your nutrition. You can get a hit through your breath work. You can, you can get a hit through good sleep. You can get a hit through, um, you know, maybe not exposing yourself to a bunch of blue light before you go to bed and, and get, um, and have that, that melatonin dump that you're looking for. And, you know, the, the body will provide you with free drugs if, if you don't trip it. I love that. And I wanted to jump into your holistic coaching. So hopefully we can have you back on the show. I think that this encompasses a lot of, you know, kind of the lifestyle prescription, if you will. Um, but if people want to work with you, they want to find you, they want to come train with you. How do they get a hold of you? Um, I'm, I, I don't take on a ton of clients. Um, so I, I apologize that I can't, I can't take on everybody and I tend to kind of, um, filter through, uh, who I think would be, would work best together. Um, but if anyone is ever interested, um, my email is Sam. S-A-M at QTownFitness.com, QTownFitness.com. And um, if you're interested in, in working with me one-on-one, I'm, I'm actually, I'm starting to maybe think about kind of redirecting my, my approach to coaching because I've been working with clients one-on-one and it's very time-consuming. And I'm thinking about maybe kind of pooling people together and doing more uh, small group coaching and uh, just kind of putting people through like a curriculum. And a lot of stuff before would be kind of like almost Q&A. Like I would work one-on-one with a client. They would have a question or a thing that they needed to work on or they wanted to work on. And it, and they all had different things that they wanted to do, but it wouldn't really change the way that I would prescribe what I thought they needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ended up looking more like kind of like a therapy session where they just got to talk and it would be very time consuming for me because at the end of that, I would just be like, all right, well, all that's great, but you still, you need to focus on drinking water, getting off your phone, sleeping, moving your body. Like we got we to gotta do these things before we do those things or something like that. So I'm thinking about getting more into group group classes where I can just uh, basically put people through a course and and um, and I guess if people wanted to work with me one on one after that we could. But still, I'm I will take on clients now. So if you if you wanted to work with me, you're one welcome to email me and I can um, um, 
I do consults. I'll do at least one free phone call with you and, and figure out if it's a good fit. And even if it's not a good fit, I'm still going to leave you with some little nuggets to, to help you out. So I honestly, I wish, I really do wish I could do all this for free. It's so funny. I was just thinking last night before I went to bed, I was just like, damn, I, I really wish I could just have a gym that's free and, and provide service for people for free. And it's really what I want to do. And, and uh, I guess we're kind of getting to do that through like our foundation and stuff, but still I'm having to go out and raise money uh, to be able to support our mission. And it's just kind of a, a necessary evil that uh, there almost needs to be a financial energy exchange for me to continue uh, my work because I, I still do uh, live in the matrix and I have to pay bills and I have to feed my family. And, um, but hopefully one day, maybe I, I become successful enough or maybe I just stop caring or something. And I, I just start providing all my services for free, but, um, yeah, you can email me and, and hit me up and I'd be more than happy to, to take a look at your, your case, if you will. And, if there's something that we could do to help you out hell yeah well thank you so much sam this was so awesome i really appreciate it yeah anytime uh i have a, a reasonable amount of freedom in the morning so um if there's there's ever anything i can do for you Lindsay, or if you ever want to uh, get back in touch I'd, I'd be more than happy and honored to be able to thanks